I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Good. Okay, this is the Creative Coding Podcast, episode 28. 28. With me, Ian Lobb. And me, Seb Lee Delisle. You see, we should never have admitted that we were going to go to monthly podcasts last time. It's so funny because now it's... That was the 30th of August, the last one went live, so... (laughs) September, October, so two months. So basically, no matter what we say it is, it's double that. Yes. It's kind of the same as estimating software projects. Yeah, let's go like weekly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go daily let's and go. then you might get some. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should go back to, to every two weeks and then we might get one every month. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> but it's only because we're both very busy. Oh my God, it has been quite an amazing two months. I've got so much stuff to tell you about. Cool. So much. I can't wait to hear it. So there was obviously the fireworks project that was crazy at the last minute and then loads of conferences in September where I came out as a digital artist. <laughs> and then, and then um, I've, I did a comedy night with the Festival of the Spoken Nerd, oh, right, which okay. was brilliant. Uh, and in the last couple of weeks, months, I've been working on this installation for the Dublin Science Gallery with a huge three meter wide drawing machine and a reproduction arcade game from from the 70s so i've got all of those things to talk about wow that's a lot of stuff that is a lot of things so on the um on the fireworks one how did that sort of end up turning out uh because i think when we did our podcast i think it was like two weeks before right and um Oh, it was actually just the most horrible, horrible experience I've ever had. So I think <laughs> at the time, things had gone wrong. Uh, we couldn't cover the library in vinyl, and we decided to get some scissor lifts uh, and a, put a bar across, yeah. I think, was the current plan. So we were, we were going ahead with that plan, and then the people who were making our screen said they wouldn't be able to make it in time. Right. And, and I'd, so I, f- I scrambled around trying to find someone to make a screen, found someone. And then we got a call from our technical people who said that the scissor lifts weren't, wouldn't be insured for, for a side load. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, so with like about a week and a half to go, we had no way of like raising a screen. Right. Even though we'd just managed. What did you do? Well, we were frantically looking into, well, we got some riggers, some professional riggers, and they were checking out the building and tried to figure out how to hang screen off it. But the library were were panicking because anything like that, we would have to get together risk assessments and method statements. um, And the riggers were busy working on it over the weekend. This was the weekend before it was meant to happen, a bank holiday weekend. In the meantime, our production manager had got sick, so we had no one running it. Um, so that weekend, uh, I met up with a, a structural engineer right. who came out on Sunday and looked at the library, a really nice, generous guy. Um, and, uh, he was just like, yeah, you can't really hang anything off there. It's just not really safe. Right. <laughs> so, so he was like, well, I think I might have an idea. Um, and then on the Monday night, we found a new production manager. And then so it was obviously a bank holiday Monday. So Tuesday, 
before, we still didn't know if it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the digital festival people were all just assuming that it wouldn't happen. <laughs> so we had this mad crisis meeting at the end of Tuesday um, where the structural engineers turned up, our new production manager turned up, and the, stru- the structural engineer, his name's John, um, John Orrell, he came up with this plan to go back to using scissor lift, but instead of using two, we'd just have four in a row and we'd just fix the screen straight to that, which is genius, right? Because the scissor lifts aren't very expensive. You know those sort of elevated platforms and you can get these big massive ones. Hmm. Why does that not count as a side load then? Well, because the, the original plan was to have two scissor lifts, one at each end and a massive gantry along the middle. Yeah. But if you've got four side by side, then they're basically one massive platform, one long platform without any interruptions. I see. And each one can handle quite a lot of load. And it's split, obviously, and it's a really super light screen. It was, you know, I think it was about 30 kilograms in total, the the screen. (laughs) So it was really, really light. You could have hung it from a tent pole, though. Pretty much. But, you know, the engineers came up with a plan. They calculated the maximum wind loads. And we'd even had an anemometer attached to the top of one of the the lifts. You know, one of those wind measuring things? Right. Um, So we were constantly measuring the wind to make sure there was no gusts. Um, what about lightning? What was your sort of plan for that? Yeah, well, we, we uh, thankfully the production manager that we got in at the last minute, uh, she was awesome, called Becky, and she just sorted out all the risk assessments, all the security, um, everything, all the paperwork. Yeah. And how did it? How did it? How was it received by the the public? Well, on the night, it went absolutely brilliantly. I mean, of course, I was kind of a wreck by then. <laughs> yeah, but I got some brilliant last minute help with programming from a couple of guys, um, Paul King and Jack Lang. And of course, Val was helping me with the design uh-huh. as usual, like with some brilliant logos. And she even designed a typeface that could be written in vectors. So she designed a typeface with numbers right. that you could just basically render in any language. So that was quite cool. Um, I mean, it just all went brilliantly because I was, uh, and I didn't even really have to compromise that much. I pretty much finished everything I needed to finish and yeah and everyone really loved it it was amazing cool and the arts council were there and they loved it and they're saying to me oh you should take it on tour <laughs> you know cool. so it was a, a huge huge success um and so so as much as it was stressful and horrible right up to the very last minute it was equally good and brilliant on the night so um yeah awesome it was a, a pretty <laughs> intense experience that's very much like what's happened with my game Battle Cave. Oh yeah, let's hear about it. So Battle Cave was um, about a sort of a couple of months ago. There was an Adventure Time game jam. Oh yeah, I remember that. So themed around Adventure Time, you could make a game based on that. So me and Amanda did a game. Our game came out all right. The graphics looked amazing. Yeah. And the gameplay was reasonable. So I don't exactly know what adventure time is i've sort of seen it and i see it's sort of a cartoony thing isn't it it's a cartoon it's a kid's cartoon but it has a universal appeal it's very silly and funny right okay and is is it american it is american yes made by cartoon network okay made by a guy called pembleton ward Mm -hmm. so we did our adventure time game jam game and it was reasonably well received it was on a couple of people's top 10 lists but it wasn't sort of didn't win the competition by any means there are other good ones as well yeah 
not that there was a prize or anything, but we didn't sort of suddenly become world famous. <laughs> so we were like, well, we've got the sort of the start of some sort of all right gameplay here. So we sort of decided to turn it into a real game. Yeah. So uh, Amanda designed a whole set of characters to replace the ones that obviously that were the Cartoon Network's ones. Yeah. And they were cool and we did a load of stuff to make the gameplay better and new music and all this kind of stuff. So that was cool. So we spent a few weeks, a couple of weeks on it and we came out with a really good game, I think. Okay. And then we put it on to, and we worked really hard on it, and we put it onto Flash Game License and or FGL.com as it's now known and we've just not really had any interest in it. Mm. And it's just like you work really hard and you set yourself a deadline to hit something. And then it's like, rather than like launching your game, which is what you feel like you should be doing, your game is just like sat on a sort of portal where, <laughs> well, no, it's just sat on a sort of private thing where no one can see it. Yeah. And the whole thing's very dispiriting. And uh, we just decided based on that that we're not going to do any more games uh, on that business model that is done for us now. It used to be quite a guaranteed way of getting some money, didn't it? It did. But I just think that the... I don't know. I think that it doesn't really suit us anymore. I think if you're like really well known, um, and oh, Battle Cave, I found it. Can you play it? You can't play it even. You can play. You can't play it unless you're a sponsor, no. But you know, it's... I'm gonna um, just put it out there. I know. Well, that's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna release it. We're gonna give it sort of the last sort of week or two. I'm just looking at your website, your new designed website. Ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, check you out. And your... So, yeah, I also redesigned my website. It's all responsive and stuff yeah. now. And it's finally sort of one place where you can actually sort of read about the things I've done and I'm doing and stuff, which I've... Of course, I'm just pulling the browser width in and out just to go, whoa. Yeah, well, that's the only thing to do with a responsive Media website. Is just to sort of <laughs> resize resize the browser madly it uses um a css framework called skeleton getskeleton.com it's a really cool one um mm -hmm. doesn't really impose a style just gives you like a 16 column layout which is really really flexible mm -hmm. and lets you wrap you then work out how you want things to wrap and stuff and yeah it's cool so it also it's like most of it's sort of two column layout and then when you go down below a certain size it pops down to one column yeah, that's good. Hang on, you've got a shop link. Yes. <laughs> what is it's that? Just, it's, it's just your Amazon. Yeah, it's just my Amazon affiliates thing with some books. And has anyone, have you made tons of money out of Not that? Not yet, I haven't sold a single book yet. <laughs> but you were saying that redesigning your website got you some work or something. Um, well, basically, I haven't really, I hadn't had any sort of contacts about freelance work in about six months yeah and then i redesigned the website and in two weeks i've had two contacts mm. so it obviously it makes a massive difference i mean my old website was absolutely terrible though yeah and i sort of didn't even like to show it to people because <laughs> i made it in sort of a morning about three years ago sure but this one i spent quite a lot of time on and i think it shows because uh yeah, I've had sort of a lot more interest and stuff. And if anyone wants to check it out, it's ianlob.com. That's I-A-I-N-L-O-B-B.com. Don't forget, there's too many vowels. Yes. And if you want to make an awesome, responsive website yourself, it's getskeleton.com for the CSS framework. And it's pure CSS, no JavaScript. Cool. Very cool. Sounds good. Yeah, and uh, so that's good. And... 
it's got a list of all the talks that I've done and stuff on there and it was a really interesting experience and like it's really made me think a lot about websites and stuff yeah and now that I have a responsive website every time I go on a website on my phone and I see that it's not responsive I go what are you doing this is like <laughs> 2012 you need a responsive website yeah and so so what else have you been doing apart from your website so website we did a whole game which should be out but isn't because stupid things that's the what's it called again battle something battle cave yeah so not to which i can't even see you can't even play it online so don't bother looking <laughs> yeah you will be able to very <laughs> soon though so yeah, yeah, um whatever. old news by then yeah not to i don't want to sort of disparage fgl.com i think you know that they like do their best and stuff and some people have a lot of success on there but i think just for me i'm just like i'm past it it's like it's too annoying a, a way of working just like so what do you think the problem is why why hasn't there been i would rather sort of kill myself to for, to get sort of one five dollar sale at a time than sort of so but why is why aren't why didn't anyone buy it i mean <sighs> i don't know it's not i mean it's not the second coming of game design no. like it's it's all right it's not bad but didn't you get money for owl spin owl spin and stuff i did yeah i mean owl's yeah. been sold so and and battle case still could sell yeah so it's a really good game if you're a sponsor get on there and go and buy it but um yeah otherwise you know we're just gonna sort of self-publish it and there's you can still get site locks and stuff after people see it and things yeah and what sort of money are we talking it's like a few thousand dollars i guess that's what we were sort of gunning for but yeah. in the end it didn't happen but so the new strategy for us is we're going to do all our stuff is just going to be cross-platform yeah and that is the new strategy we're sort of getting out of the and just self-published self-published cross-platform ios mac pc yeah and that's how we're going to roll using flash uh probably flash we're gonna in the new year i'm going to evaluate flash against unity and hacks okay but and do it properly mm. you know do actual working tests of the same thing across all the devices and just see way it up because i think that's really the only way to to do it yeah you know give each one a proper test you're gonna do it sciencey do it exactly yes do it sciencey <laughs> you know and there's lots of factors there's not just the thing is the thing i don't want to base it on is which technology do i know best because it's obviously flash but it's just like there's other things like once it's like which am i more comfortable working in like which suits my style best which has the biggest download sizes which runs the fastest there's all kinds of different things mm. yeah i mean like hacks is cool but like there's some issues with enemy where like well and hacks in general where is how do you get support for it it's like there's a mailing list who are who are really cool but it's like if you've got a problem you sort of have to fix it yourself yeah well that's that's open source isn't it yeah so but at least you can fix it yourself um so hang on i sort of know what enemy is it's some sort of media it is framework, yeah, isn't it that works cross-platform uh, but it's not it's not actually part of hacks though is it it's it's not no it's a sort of separate project yeah it's a separate project to sort of recreate the flash player apis cross-platform yeah but i mean there's some things with it for example they haven't got support for shaders yet yeah whereas starling has just got support for shaders now so okay and starling's like get got a lot faster as well so starling's pretty cool so starling's definitely in with a shot i think it's winning at the moment so starling is like it's a framework in flash to enable 
GPU accelerated 2D graphics, right? Hardware accelerated 2D, yeah, exactly. It's pretty cool. And it's the game Incredipede, which has just come out, was built using it. So, Oh, is that Starling? Yeah. I, some, I saw someone mention that uh, on Twitter. Yeah, it's really cool. I haven't tried it. Is it good? Um, I haven't played it yet, but it looks cool. Incredipede. I'm going to it now. In- oh, right, so you haven't even played it. I haven't played it, no. I don't have time to play everything. Uh, but it's not... Hang on. Oh, it is Flash. The intro page wasn't Flash. Oh, interesting. Oh, is there like a... F- oh, is there like it's a f- playing some is nice music. Is there a Flash music. demo? Let's get this. You can't hear the music because it's just in my <laughs> headphones. What does it say? You want to see the game on Steam? Let's say just start playing. Oh, yeah. Playing. Also, there's this thing called Steam Greenlight now where... Have you seen that? Where basically, you, if you want to get your game on Steam, Steam being the sort of online like download service for pc and mac games if you want to get your game on there and which basically guarantees you like quite a lot of sales you can put it on green light sorry i'm playing it as well now right start playing right so anyway but starling yeah is good and then the other thing that i'm going to evaluate is um but this hang on a sec why this should just be able to have been done in flash well no i mean without starling this game should it would it been able to yeah, but it's no, you can't. You can do. There's not much you can do with without Starling and Flash. Really, Flash is just slow. I mean, hard, things that are not hardware accelerated are slow. That's well. Why isn't it just hardware accelerated? It should be. It's just stupid. Well, it's interesting because basically <laughs> the old way of doing things in Flash is sort of gonna go away anyway. It's like not in the next version of Flash. Yeah. Well, not the next sort of version of Flash, but in in the next the, the new Flash VM. Yeah. So AVM3, then there's not even going to be a display list. It's going to be hardware accelerated only. There's no display list? There's not going to be one, no. <laughs> it's really <laughs> interesting. Because it's all being built for games now, so like the old way of doing things will just sort of not even exist. That's, uh, I'm, not even, I'm not even going to talk about it. <laughs> I'm not even going to... It just seems weird. What do you mean? You're just not used to it. It's just a different thing, isn't it? Well, it's, if it hasn't got a display list, then it's just the same as every single other thing. Yeah, but Starling is the display list. Starling like, simulates everything that the old display list can do. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't use it anymore, so it's irrelevant to me. It's dead to me. Yeah, so that's fine. And the other one, anyway, <laughs> as I was going to say before I was rudely interrupted, Seb, was um, oh, yeah. there's a thing called Futile by Matt Ricks, which is a, a 2D API for um, Unity. I like Matt. He's cool. We've talked about him before, haven't we? Yeah, he's a cool dude. He's the train yard guy. We talk about him all the time, I think. Anyway, but yeah, he's got this cool open source project, which is just a set of sort of uh, C-sharp classes, I think, for making... 2D Unity game. We should get him on the show, shouldn't we? We should get him on the show. Maybe we should, talk have, about we should that. get him on the show. Let's get him. Yeah, we'll get him. All right. I wonder if he listens to the show. He probably doesn't see. Yeah. So basically, you know, Super Gun Kids is not going to be uh, coming free to your computer mm. at all. We were selling it, mm. and that is just the sort of decision that we've made, really. So, like, like through Steam or something. Just. Well, I mean, that, everyone wants to be on Steam, but the thing is, it's really hard to get games on Steam. So we would love to be on Steam, of course, yeah. but we'll see. We'll see what the game looks and, like. And is it so? It's a downloadable game to play on your computer. Yes, exactly. Okay, and I guess can't you put it on like Xbox and stuff now? Uh, no. I mean, Xbox basically. If you want to be on Xbox, you can be on Xbox indie games where. Mm. 
hardly anyone will download your game <laughs> or you can be on the main live arcade but to do that you have to sort of pay microsoft about a hundred thousand dollars yeah and it's really expensive and you need to have a sort of massive game that's going to make a lot of money to do that so yeah not anywhere near the scale of, of our stuff so but um yeah so that's that and so things that have happened since we last were on air uh windows 8 is out mixed reviews yes and what do you make of it i don't know i, I haven't even really seen if, if you well I've, I've been using the preview but only because i need a, a windows vm sometimes <laughs> well you know what it's like i'm not really qualified to comment but that's never stopped me before so mm. <laughs> so it seems like they're a bit confused at the moment um between you know this well they're not even calling it metro anymore are they but yeah everyone still calls it metro so they're confused between this metro sort of touchscreen interface which is like xbox and mm. uh the surface interface and then like windows proper desktop version right and there's there's uh, those two things are quite good i guess because they target different things but seems to be some overlap and confusion between uh the different things that each bit does and like and this seems to have gone into the new surface as well i was just reading a really interesting review actually right by this guy who really wanted it to be good but was sadly disappointed mm. um hang on let me see if i can find it and he was saying that you know if you want to change a setting uh you have to sometimes go into like the windows desktop settings and sometimes go into like the metro settings thing um you know so i don't know i've been i was playing with a windows phone as well and that uses the same sort of interface it's nice that they've got some i think the graphic design is really nice um the animation of the sort of elements is kind of tasteful but gets annoying after a while because it's just a little bit too slow but you know i guess at least it's not like a, a at least they've got a new sort of thing that they're trying you know it's brent ozar Brent Ozar has written a, an article called Why I'm Returning My Surface. And uh, it's very interesting. Mm. So there you go. But the thing about the Surface, though, is the Surface doesn't have the desktop mode, right? Yeah, it does, apparently. Oh, it does? And there's a few okay. videos of him trying to use it, like use Microsoft <laughs> Word. And like, right. well, he's got some like massive, there's some massive flaws with the version of Word that he's got. The thing about Surface, though, is that it's, if you get... If you get the version that has the desktop mode, mm. it's basically the price of a laptop or more expensive, I think. Yeah. So you might as well just get a laptop. Well, I guess there's something... I mean, I guess it's smaller and lighter, isn't it? I guess that's the idea of it. I don't know. Is there a new version of OS thing as well? Or not, since we last did it? What, OS X? Yeah. Is there or not? OS ten. You know, apparently you're meant to just call it OS ten. Oh, yeah, um, you are. But everyone says OS X. It's... Uh, there is, isn't there? I don't know. I I've, uh, I don't know. There's new i. What is there? There's new iPads. Oh yeah, new iPad, the iPad Mini, Mini and the new iPhone Five. There's a new iPhone which is wide. It's not wide. It's tall. There's the new. There's another version of the iPad which yeah. is called the iPad with Retina display, which is really the iPad Four. But then the iPad Three had Retina display as well. So yeah, but that was called the new iPad. Wasn't yeah, it? this one's just a a bit faster, yeah. isn't it? Um, it's really confusing though. Like they purposely don't want to end up with. They d- basically they didn't want to number the iPads. Yeah, well, I guess it's the same with iPods, right? But it makes it really confusing because you've got the iPad, the iPad two, the new iPad, and then the iPad with Retina display. So the new iPad 
aka the generation 3 ipad isn't the new one anymore but its name was the new ipad it's yeah they've got they've got a few le- um <laughs> you know what's the word well let's just say then their brand names are a bit, <laughs> a bit messed up um but then i think they're trying to go for what they used to do with the ipod right it was all, it was only the ever the latest ipod nano it, they are because i think what they don't want to end up on is like Hey, it's the new. It's the iPad twenty three. Yeah, it's yeah. the iPad twenty four, which they will get to because they've gone sort of six monthly with it now. Yeah. Are, are you ex- are you excited about the iPhone five? Are you? I mean, you. I got... don't care about the iPhone five. I really like iPads, and I want to make uh, games for them. Yeah. Do you, but, are you going to get a mini one? Uh, we're just going to sort of target all of them. I'm going to get the big one. You're going to get a big I'm one. I'm not really interested in the mini because it hasn't got a retina screen, so yeah. that's not that exciting to me. But then the the pixel size is a bit smaller than the iPad 1 and 2, right? Yeah, but it's still not like the same as, for example, the Nexus 7 or the yeah. Kindle Fire HD. Yeah. Which are also, I think they probably came out since we recorded as well. They look pretty <laughs> it's cool. Been, oh, two months, a long time on the internet, isn't it? It's a long, it's a massive amount of time on the internet, yeah. It's a long time, yeah. Yeah, well, I haven't tried, I've been too busy to try any of those things. I'm not at all excited about the iPhone 5, I have to say. It just seems too big, really. I'm not either. I mean, it's just a wider iPhone, isn't it? It's not, not wider, it's taller. <laughs> well, yeah, it depends which way around you hold it. It doesn't have to be... Well, I don't want my iPhone to be taller. <laughs> sure. Why would you? It's, I think it's the right size. I don't know. They've gone a bit Android on that, haven't they? Hmm. It's like, oh, it must be better because it's taller. Anyway, I'll try one out, I guess. But I wouldn't mind getting an iPad mini just because... Well, I set up this remote control uh for the pixel pyros fireworks using an ipad and a really cool os uh, hang on osc i nearly said osx then osc um app you know what osc is it's open sound control and it's kind of a new version of midi right but it works over wi-fi and stuff and it's kind of become a way to just control anything now i mean obviously it's designed for musicians to play midi or not midi but you know synths and stuff with their ipads and uh-huh. and things like that but of course you can just use it to control anything right so i was using this osc app called lima 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 l-e-m-u-r um it's quite expensive i think it's 10 or something but it's really good because it comes with a, an app that runs on your computer that allows you to design the interface that you want and upload it into your I- ipad right um and then because Pixel Pyros was all open frameworks, um, there's an OSC plugin right. for open frameworks and most stuff. And it's just a really cool way to like control everything. Mm. Um, I was really inspired by Memo Acton, right. who's, you know, um, Marshmallow Laser Fest. He'd be really good to have on the show as well. Right. Um, but he's the one that did the, um, you know, the Quadrota thing at the, the uh, New Directors Showcase. I think it was in... Uh, the Cannes Lions and it was their yeah Saatchi and Saatchi new director showcase and they did a big thing with like 16 quadcopters you know with lights on and mirrors did you you must have seen that right yeah I remember something we'll, we'll put a link to it because it's pretty awesome and and he uses he uses OSC and Lima a lot just for sort of choreographing stuff and almost performing mm-hmm. these sort of things by controlling them and then recording what he's doing so he'll always want to sort of do a live version using osc and so that's what i did um anyway the reason i'm saying all this is because it would be nice to 
have something a bit smaller and more portable to do that on obviously an iPhone's a bit small and iPad's probably a little bit big so yeah I'd be up for getting a mini just for that really mm. you're not tempted by sort of a, a Nexus 7 or a Kindle Fire not really you're sort of quite down on Android aren't you have you tried Android well I've got a Nexus yeah I've got a new one I've got the Galaxy Nexus is it it's quite recent the latest one from Google I got it a few months ago so it's not right. like super brand new but it's the newest version of Android and it is a lot better than you know than my horrible experiences I had last year or the year before with the first Nexus um so it's definitely much improved but it's still I don't know it still winds me up a bit <laughs> oh I just right it's just funny I just got a really funny email that we could talk about okay go um, on then because uh, last year Net Magazine did they every year they do this trends thing Oh yeah, and I was I was they I was asked to do it, and I predicted two trends for two thousand and twelve. Should we the see trends? if they will co- came will come true? Yes. Trend. Okay, it's number three on their trends list. Uh, it's me and someone else said it, and it was that Flash will survive. And what do I? What was my quote? <laughs> it says clients will try and steer things towards HTML five because that's where the hype is. But I think often the right thing to do will be steering them back towards Flash. Right. That's what I said about that. Now, interestingly, I am working right now on a Flash game for, like, a big client website, so... Well, that was the kiss of death, surely. I'm slightly vindicated on that one. Although this year, I think I think 2013, I'm going to say the opposite. I'm going to say mm. that HTML5 gaming will be massive in 2013, or at least it will really start to take hold. Because doing, doing my new website and just thinking a lot about responsiveness and, you know, things, it's just, like, a lot of the time now people are browsing from you know mobile devices or whatever you want to call them tablets yeah maybe. tablets and phones and you know people you want stuff that works and even if that's games so have you seen um recently that mr Dube has been doing uh, a lot of work on the css renderer for 3.js right and that's really got me thinking in fact i'm meaning to write something up about it on creative js but i've been really bad lately i've been too busy um but it's really interesting because obviously WebGL is still not being taken up by, um, you know, by mobile Safari. Yeah. I don't even think it's on Android, is it? Maybe on Android Chrome, but I don't think it is. Um, and it's not on Windows phones, and it's obviously not enabled by default on Safari, and obviously Internet Explorer aren't doing it even at all. Um, but I'm thinking that, you know, the way that 3JS CSS renderer works with 3D CSS transforms and that's actually pretty well supported mm. and it works really fast on mobile safari and it's but it's not really like the same is it because you, you can't really like show 3d models with it and stuff it's just like well it's not really i mean you sort of probably could but it, you're sort it's sort of like paper vision territory isn't it it's not like yeah well at least it's gpu i guess i mean it's not as performant as webgl but i think that because it's our only option at the moment, if you want kind of cross-platform GPU stuff in HTML. Well, no, but only if you want it to be 3D. Uh, or GPU accelerated. No, well, hardware accelerated canvas is on most things now. It's on the iPhone, most of uh, the browsers. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I think that is a huge deal. That's I'll probably what I'll say in the, about this year's trends thing, is that, like, it's finally there. Like, it's super fast. Yeah. Canvas in Chrome is just insanely fast. Canvas on my iPhone is, ins- with uh, I think it's iOS, since iOS 5, is insanely fast. Yeah, so maybe, so, it, maybe it is Canvas after all, then. 
I, I, I'm saying it is. Well, at least for 2D stuff. But I think maybe both. Depends what you're trying to do. If you've got things with text in and stuff, you're going to want to use yeah. things that are interactive and stuff. You're going to want to use CSS. And if it's like more just like a platform game or something like that, you're going to want to use Canvas. Yeah, I mean, the thing that 2D Canvas is, is really crap at, it's just 3D. <laughs> you know, yes. it cannot deform textures well oh, really? at yeah. all. You know, there's just gaps, there's lines, there's something to do with how smooth the anti-aliasing is or their or at least their anti-aliasing algorithm means that triangles don't quite meet up in the middle and there's always a gap right. and it's really really frustrating <laughs> right. my other prediction apparently was about a device explosion yes where basically it's like becomes impossible to test anything because you just need to own a stupid number of devices we were already there at the time weren't we that was that wasn't really a prediction. That was just like saying, "Oh, already yeah. happening." Yeah, but more of more of the same. Um, more of the I same. Guess. Um, yeah, I guess there is more of the same. Right? Because, like, just for, I mean, just the other day, someone posted a thing where it was like two months of two months worth of device releases. Mm. Did you see this? No. And it's like in the last two months, you've had like the iPhone five, the, the iPad Mini, the new iPad. You've had the kindle fire hd the nexus 7 the galaxy nexus there's all these different htc things there's different windows phone things it's just like an insane number of things yeah there's a browser on the xbox now there's just like so many like yeah things and that's why responsiveness is the important thing it's like you should be able to build stuff yeah that just works without you having to test it across platform just adapts itself yeah (laughs) obviously easier said than done but like if you if you build like responsive things, you know, or divide or sort of you know um, resolution independent things, whether that's in HTML or whether it's like you know like Flash games or whatever, it should just work, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you, as long as you you know if you make it to be to not rely on certain sizes, just but to be work at literally any size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that's the important thing. Well, I've noticed also that there are these little mobile device libraries popping up, aren't they? I think it was Jeremy Keith who started advocating these devices. Is it library? Please call it something else. Um, but basically, you know, tried to encourage people to set up these little, you know, places or companies that collect devices that let and let anyone use them. Yeah, like a device bank or something. Or a de- Yeah, that's it. Let's see if I can find exactly what it is. Yeah, but so the idea is that there's like a place you can go to like a, a local meetup group or company or whatever where they've got like a hundred different android phones that you can test on or whatever right yeah i think they're calling it a device lab that's what they're calling it and um device lab they've set one up at clear left in brighton and I'm, i see that they're popping up in various places so yeah they're a really good idea because it's too expensive to sort of own everything like you know we want to get into cross-platform stuff we're going to start by doing just up just focusing on mac pc and ios yeah but even there it's like well we happen to already have a 3gs and iphone 5 uh, 4 yeah so and then we get like an ipad and we'll probably be just about all right and maybe to for the ipad yeah maybe we'll get one of the new ipod the wide ipods yeah to be to test the iphone 5 stuff oh right sure but it's just really even that it's just really expensive massively expensive and that's 
and then once you get into Android, it's just this is like so many devices. Well, again, you've just got to try and make your stuff adaptable, don't you? To but the, I mean, the problem with Android as well is that a lot of people are stuck on an earlier version. They're stuck on uh, Gingerbread. Yeah, is that the one? Two point. 2.3? Um, I, I get really confused. Yeah, gingerbread and then ice cream sandwich, isn't it? So yeah. I think, yeah. Um, well, I mean, the great thing about device labs, apart from just that they're really useful, is that I've got quite a few devices now. I don't use any of them. They're just ones that I've been given and stuff. Right. You should donate them. Yeah, so I'm totally going to donate all of them. Oh, awesome. Um, you know, I've got, I've even got a playbook. I don't think I'm using. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they were just giving away playbooks at every single conference I went to for a while. Yeah, they're like, yeah, no, sure, we don't have a problem. Yeah, they're really selling. It's like, well, why have you just given every single speaker at this event a playbook? <laughs> <laughs> I just think they're trying to clear their warehouses. Um, oh, I'm being mean, but they really are. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's just such a shame because the the playbook, like, I can't. I can't say the word that they are, but... They support WebGL. They support yeah. Flash and Air, and they made so much effort to sort of support everything. Yeah. They've got, like, an HTML5 tool chain, a, a Flash one, a C++ one. They've just got, like... They did sort of everything right, in a way, but and they did other things wrong. They, I don't know. I think they, they have some a severe lack of focus, to be honest. I don't think there's room for more than... T- I don't think there's room... I think there's room for... Two? Two devices, to be honest. Really? Two, two platforms yeah yeah i think i think windows phone even is one too many sorry microsoft but yeah i don't i think they're gonna, surely they're gonna do well surely windows phone is gonna do well uh it's doing all right like you do meet i meet some of my students for example have windows phone so they've obviously like got some of their marketing right where they people aren't put off buying them yeah so yeah so maybe there's room for two and a half <laughs> i guess <laughs> But I mean, I saw something like uh, iOS is like fifteen percent of the market, and Android is like seventy-five or something now. Like Android is just like dwarfs everything. Wow! But not in say, not in software sales. That's the important thing if you're a developer. Yeah. It's like there a lot of the people with those phones never buy anything. They're the people that just basically went to the phone shop and got yeah. missold the phone. They got a phone, yeah, and they might have some free apps. <laughs> and but. they never look at the internet or anything. They just don't understand why their phone is now really complicated. No, or use the <laughs> Google Play Store or whatever. I found a cool project today I should talk about because it's very much in line with the creative coding theme. It's called the Recode Project. Um, I just saw it on Twitter today and basically... I think it's something to do with itp right but they've got a project yeah so it's a recode project and they found all of this computer art in a magazine mm-hmm. called computer graphics and art right which it was quarterly and it was published for only two years between 76 and 78 right and they've got they've had the entire series scanned in pdf mm-hmm. um and they're encouraging people to recode all of the examples using processing. Right. Uh, and they're having a hackathon on uh, the 17th of November. So not sure when this will come out, but hopefully it'll be before then. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and you can either go there in person uh, or you can do it over the interwebs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, actually, I'm going to be in Dublin that weekend, so I can't do it. But they say that you can just join in any time. Uh, and the hackathon is just really a way to focus people's attention. I thought that might be quite fun. Is it a hackathon or a software engineering festival? I don't know. Because <laughs> I saw a funny tweet the other day that was like, "You are not a hacker. This is you're not hacking. You're you're software engineering." Okay. 
It's just really funny. That it, it amused me. All right, yeah, it's a software engineering a thon. <laughs> oh, that makes it sound really fun, doesn't it? Don't know. Does, is hacking fun? I guess people. I guess hacking is more fun, isn't it? We'll be doing unit unit tests and stuff. Yeah. Um, I remembered that we had one question on Twitter. Oh, did we? Yeah. One question in our overloaded mailboxes. And the question was, sorry, I can't remember who wrote it because it's way down my Twitter favourites because it's from about three months ago. But I know that we never answered it. And it is basically, what is your current like? tool chain and set up like what software yeah. are we using or what like IDEs and tools are we like each using every day it's a really good question do you want to go first I'll go first at the moment I'm using flash develop version 4 or whatever the current version is is that, is that still going oh it's amazing amazing bit of software I'm so out of t- I, you know I'm so out of touch you just don't flash do stuff. with flash anymore Seb, so I just don't why, do why any you know? flash but yeah I wouldn't know so I'm using Flash Develop. That's where I do all my coding. I'm doing lots of Photoshop. Uh, and I'm doing a tiny bit of laying stuff out in Flash Pro, but I very I don't really use it that much. Yeah. Apart from when I'm animating, that's the main thing that I use it for. Yeah. And I'm using Spotify to listen to music while I work. And uh, at the moment, I was sort of doing my web stuff in Dreamweaver because that's what we've got at the labs at the university. Um, so it's that or, well, you see, right, this year with my students, I wanted to sort of, because last year a couple of people got a bit confused and they sort of thought they were learning Dreamweaver and I was trying to explain to them, it's like, you're, what you're learning has nothing to do with Dreamweaver. So this year, what I what I decided to do was we'll start in like Notepad, right? Yeah. And then we'll do like the first two weeks in that, and then you just realise that Dreamweaver is just a tool that like has some auto completion built in, and it's not actually anything. Yeah. Right. So, but the problem was on a Mac there isn't Notepad. There's just this thing called Text Edit. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you try and sort of do an HTML page in Text Edit, it's very confusing. It starts like laying it out and stuff, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It, it you have to sort of go into this hidden setting and put it into plain text mode, and it's just like for something that's supposed to simplify the whole process, it actually made it a lot more confusing. I'm sure there must be a lightweight text editor you can download, though, right? Yeah, but the problem is it's not it's not like pre-installed. Yeah. Because really, what would be nice to have would I mean Dreamweaver's fine, but it would it be equally good to use something like is it what the one, what's the one people use? I use text mate no not that one what's the one that everyone loves at the moment it's like oh sublime sublime yeah we could use that yeah, or that's the trendy the, one the brackets one Adobe's like online based one looks pretty cool so yeah no one cares about that <laughs> you're being very <laughs> negative on today's podcast Sam. yeah whatever it's too busy too busy for diplomacy <laughs> Do you, have you not heard sort of people slag your stuff off online have I yeah um no <laughs> see maybe if you had you wouldn't be so quick to sort of disparage other people's yeah. things well well i slag my own stuff off right you know i'm, I'm not giving preferential treatments myself <laughs> right oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no I'm, uh, you know yeah i'm i'm hard to please i think everyone knows that i'm just hard to please so you know <laughs> So um, what's your sort of setup at the moment? What are you using? Oh, and I'm using Audition for sound stuff. I was using Audacity, but Audition's better, so I'm using that. Mm. Audacity's kind of 
annoying. Um, well, I mean, I've just in the last three months. Oh, oh, one more. Sorry, I'm using GitHub for Windows, which is fantastic. Okay. To do all my version control. All right, cool. And Dropbox. Yeah. Right, go. All right, yeah. I mean, I use I use Tower for GitHub on OS 10 on the Mac. Have you tried GitHub for Mac? I haven't. No. I quite like Tower, so I'm sticking with that. Okay. And Dropbox, I use just as an extra backup and and spotify like you yeah but really in the last three months i've worked in quite a few different platforms so all of the pixel pyros fireworks stuff was done in c plus plus open frameworks so all xcode i don't i don't generally do much graphics to be honest i try and do all my graphics in code so mm-hmm. um I'll use Photoshop a bit if I have to. Mm. And then, also, so with Pixel phones, that's open frameworks as well. But obviously, there's a JavaScript element to it on the phones. So I use, for JavaScript stuff, I use TextMate and JavaScript bundle. But really, it's just a text editor. I just keep it simple. Um, The last, the project I'm working on now at Dublin Science Gallery, which we've run out of time, so I should probably talk about next time. But that is uh, lots of things. Uh, it's very heavily Arduino based mm. so I'm building this drawing machine and it was based on Sandy Noble's Polygraph but I'm rewriting it um, so lots of Arduino code that's been really fun um, I've also got a kind of controller for it which is made in processing but then the the games that I'm making and the visualizations I've decided to use JavaScript actually just so I can stick it all online so anyone can see it rather than it just being there in the gallery mm. I think that's probably all. Yeah, no, that's uh, cool. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so quite a lot of things. Cool. Yeah, uh, I had my first sort of little play around with uh, Arduino this week, actually. Yeah. Just because the office where I'm working, they've got some that they're just mucking about on. And yeah, it's really cool, actually. It's like really sort of fun to just like see the first couple of lines of code and get the LEDs flashing and all that stuff. And it's just like... Yeah, it's brilliant. That's a pretty neat thing. Well, I first started playing with it a few years ago just because I wanted like physical interfaces with like my flash games and stuff. But it was very quick that I ended up not doing that at all. Right. <laughs> because I realized you realize that you can program it and it can be this thing that lives on its own. Yeah. And that I found really fascinating. Yeah. And, That's it. It's like you, it doesn't need the computer. Yeah. And in the last month or two i've just really seriously leveled up there's been so much (laughs) so much i've learned about electronics and motors and controls and 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 optimization yeah we should definitely talk about that next time yeah have you seen um the thing called the makey makey yes i have which is super fun right do you want to explain it that's cool that's like it basically you can use it with Arduino or or just on its own, I think. Uh, I think it's standalone, isn't it? I've just seen it a couple of times. But basically, it just turns anything into a keyboard. So you can have like a light sensor and get it to just give you like a button press. Yeah. Which is cool because it means that you can use whatever technology you would normally use to make stuff and then give it a mad physical interface. I mean, I've seen there was someone at the Brighton Hackspace Emma O'Sullivan who's been using it to teach kids and uh, she figured out how to make a load of like bananas into buttons if you ground yourself (laughs) and connect the bananas into inputs then you can just touch the bananas and it's in key presses so she was playing uh, some of my games using bananas which is brilliant (laughs) that's super fun (laughs) well I guess we're sort of running out of time really aren't we yeah that's an hour 
That'll be, that's all right, an hour. Cool. Well, it's good to be back, isn't it? It's good to be back. Let's, Let's not, not leave, leave it, it so long. long next time. Let's not, oh, I just... Thanks. Yeah. Bye.